0: Well, it's good to see you all this morning. Uh, Revelation chapter 21 and chapter 22 is where we're going to be at this morning. Uh, Don't worry, I'm not reading all of that. Um, But if you want to open up to Revelation chapter 21 and 22, and as you're doing that, a quick word of prayer. Father God, thank you for this series that you have allowed us to be in over the last couple weeks and months to see what is next, of what your word tells us. And Father, this morning as we close this series. Help us to realize that we, not, we did not cover everything that Your Word tells us, but to just to learn and have a right understanding of all of it, Lord. Jesus, this morning we come to talk about heaven, and I pray that You would give us the right hearts and our minds to know Your Word, to live in light of it, but also to check our relationship with You, Jesus. And so we give this to you, and we ask that you would work in all ways and all things. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Jack, you doing okay up there with this? So far. Do you want me to hold it, or are we good with this? All right, that's good. I always not, I I don't like having a microphone not on me or in my hand. This is one of those OCD things, but uh, it's good to have you all this morning. Uh, We've come to our last message in our series, What's Next? And uh, we are talking about heaven this morning. And um, heaven is one of those things that we look forward to, at least most people look forward to heaven. Uh, I'm pretty sure that those of you that are in the building today, uh, you look forward to heaven, and and I hope you do. uh, But there is bad news when it comes to heaven. Did you know that? That there's actually bad news when it comes to heaven. And what that is, is this. Heaven is not what you have made up in your minds. Heaven is not what you've heard from your grandparents or your parents, or the movie, or the TV shows, or your dreams, or your wants. Heaven is not any of those things, unless any of those things come from the Bible, then that is what heaven would be. Heaven is one of the things that I hear a lot of confusion on, especially when I am at a funeral. I go to a funeral, whether I'm attending a funeral or uh, officiating the funeral, there's always a lot of confusion when it comes to heaven. Uh, heaven has been turned into something that gets passed down from one generation to another generation. And because of that, the idea of heaven gets changed. I'll give you an example. How many of you know of old wives tales? If I say that, how many of Old. know? Where do old wives tales come from? Old wives, right? Uh, that's why they're called that. But they come from like generations over generations and generations. How many of you have ever tried an old wives' tale? Anybody willing? Did it work for you? Sometimes yes, sometimes no, right? And there's not always a lot of truth. Sorry, I didn't know you were going to be here today. But when I was a kid, all right, I had a wart on my knuckle, all right? Do you know the old wives' tales to get rid of a wart? You, rub a, you cut a potato in half and then you rub the potato on it, and then you plant the potato in the yard and the wort's supposed to go away. But that that doesn't work. You wanna know how I know? It was tried on me, that doesn't work. Or the better one is you eat a banana, right? Or just throw the banana away. And then you take the banana peel wrap it around the wart, and then you put saran wrap around that, and then you go to bed, and then when you wake up, the wart has gone. You wanna know how I know that doesn't work? That was done to me, right? Old wives sales, and I think I repressed all the other things that were done to me to get rid of these warts. You would think you would just go to the store and buy wart remover medicine? No, not in Northeast PA. We do the old wives tales for 15 years, and then we turn to things that are proven to work, right? My point in that is this. Heaven has become like an old wives' tale for many. In that, the ideas and thoughts of what heaven is and what heaven is going to be like has been handed down from one generation to another generation and none of it lines up with what the Bible says. Heaven has become this place, an idea, that changes all the time. And you and I, we live in a generation now that says, well, heaven can be whatever you want it to be. You get to make up your own heaven. Please pardon this. That is stupid. Okay? It is completely stupid. I will give you one logical reason why you can make heaven up and heaven will be what you want it to be. Ready? If I want heaven to be one thing and Amy wants heaven to be something else, That means I will never see Amy in heaven. Think about this logically. If heaven is what you want it to be, then you will be alone in heaven unless there's one other person who wants heaven exactly the same way you want it to be. Now, for those of you that introverts, that sounds like, great, I'll be alone in heaven. Five minutes, it'll be great. After that, not so great. So heaven can't be what you want and what you want and you want because then we're all going to be alone in heaven. Not going to work out that way. And so this morning, as hard as it is to talk about heaven in one message, I want us to get a good understanding of what heaven actually is from the one who is and has been preparing heaven for us, for those who believe in Jesus, and that is God and his word. And so I have three points for you this morning. What is heaven? What will heaven be like? And what will life be like in heaven? So let's jump into it this morning. So what's heaven? Right now, in your mind, I want you to tell you what heaven is. Right? Describe heaven to yourself in your own mind. I'll give you five seconds because if I go any longer, the people online will have no idea what we're doing and they'll turn off. Right? Describe heaven to you. Tell you what you think heaven is. Okay? You got it? I can't go much longer, right? I got it? Now, here's my question to you. Don't answer it out loud because you might get yourself in trouble. Did you mention God in your description? Most likely you didn't. Most likely you did not mention God at all when you're describing heaven. For many people, even those who love and believe in Jesus, when they think about heaven or talk about heaven, Jesus doesn't come to mind. Did you know that? He doesn't come to mind. Nobody ever goes, I can't wait to get to heaven to meet Jesus. Most of the time it's I can't wait to get to heaven to to meet my grandfather again or to see my spouse or my child. Now granted, that's all wonderful and that is great. But heaven is heaven because of Jesus. Heaven is heaven is because God is there. And I mention this all the time. You, you hear these people talk about, well, I've gone to heaven. And they don't tell anything about God. They don't go, I met Jesus and Jesus sat with me and we talked about this. And how do you go to heaven and not meet Jesus? If you don't meet Jesus, you're not in heaven. Because God is what makes heaven. Heaven. You see, as a people, we have taken God out of heaven. Did you know that? What we've done. Heaven is where God dwells. That's what heaven is. It is the dwelling place of God. And this is the first thing you need to know about heaven. Heaven is not a heaven because of the streets of gold. Heaven is not heaven because of eternal life. Heaven is not heaven because of the huge city that you're going to see in just a few moments. Heaven is not heaven because of the people that are going to be there. Heaven is not heaven because David is going to be there and Moses is going to be there and Peter is going to be there and your relatives that are died in Christ are going to be there. Heaven is not heaven because of any of one of those things. Heaven is heaven because God is there. It's His will. Dwelling place. And you should want to be in heaven and long for heaven to be with God. That's what heaven is it's where God dwells and will dwell with his people. Everything else, anybody else, is secondary. And so when we describe heaven and we talk about heaven, the main aspect of that should be that's where God is going to be. He's with us now. I got that. But God's going to be there in a perfect relationship with us without sin. That's what heaven is. Now, with that said, you also have to understand this about heaven. Heaven is a place. It's not a mental place. Where you just die and you just have this mental fantasy of heaven. That's not it. Heaven is not a spiritual place like everything is a hologram. You're not going to be a, a, a force ghost like you are in Star Wars. If those of you know that know Star Wars. Heaven is not going to be a spiritual place. It's going to be a physical, tangible place. Where you're going to have... I can't say you're going to have flesh and bone, but if I say you're going to have flesh and bone, do you understand the analogy? Like you're going to be, be physical, okay? Heaven is a physical place. It is a real place for those that are in Christ. And as I said, heaven is what God has made it, not what you want. You're going to be very surprised when you get to heaven because it's going to be completely different than you ever thought of or that maybe you even want. And see, that doesn't sit well with people all the time. But heaven is not what you and I want. Heaven is what God wants. He's the creator, not you, not me. And we go, well, but I want this to be in heaven. And then what about, do you ever sit back and look at our creation and go, it is broken and tainted and marred by sin. But yet it's still beautiful, isn't it? Go, God created that in six days. What do you think heaven's going to be like that? He's been taking a very long time, a couple thousand years, to create. To become far greater than this earth. And so heaven is not the golf course. It's not the beach or anything else like that. Heaven is what God wants it to be. Is the place of his dwelling. We will be with him for those that are in Christ. And it'll be a real physical place. But God, He is creating it, but He's also told us what it'll be like. He's told us in His Word. But with all of that, we have another problem when we come to heaven. And what that problem is is this do you know that there's five heavens? Some of you look really confused, and I I said it that way to just jog you, jog your mind, right? I'm not going to be a heretic, all right? Just hear me out. I wanted to say that that way to get your mind going for you to perk up and go, what does he mean by those five heavens? Well, when you and I talk about heaven or use the word heaven, what are we referring to? The place that one in Christ goes to after after they die, right? That's what we think about heaven. And you're partly right on that. But when the Bible uses the word heaven or talks about heaven, it could be talking about one of a few things. And let me explain why this is. I really wish I could go to the side of the pulpit right now, but I can't. In the Bible, Paul talks about three heavens. He talks about that in Corinthians. So, what does he mean by those three heavens? Well, it's actually very simple. The first heaven is where the birds fly, it's the blue sky. For the, for the Jews back in the day, and even people that were not Jewish, they didn't call it the sky. They called it the heavens. And the first heavens is the place where the birds fly, the airplanes go. It's the blue sky that we get our air from. You got me on that? The second heaven, the Bible calls the night sky. The second heaven that Paul refers to is what we would call outer space. The moon, the sun, the stars. That's the second heavens, because they didn't have the terminology to go, oh, outer space galaxy, you know, supernova. They didn't have those words back then. They just called it the second heavens. And then the third heaven is the place where God dwelled. And so Paul goes, there's three heavens, but the first heaven is just the air where the birds fly. Second heaven is outer space. Third heaven is outer space. Uh, Excuse me, the place where God dwells. So you got that? Any, any questions on that? Okay, no hands. Good. We're moving on. So, Pastor, that clears up the first three heavens, right? And it's really not a different heaven. It's just a different... They didn't have words for everything else. But you said five. That was only three. So what about the other two? Well, I'm going to say something that is going to sound wrong to you. But it's not. And you need to follow me on this. If I died today... I'm not going to heaven, at least the heaven that you think of. Do you know that? Your loved ones who died in Christ have not gone to the heaven that you think of. You well, know, Pastor, what do you mean by that? When you and I think of heaven, well, rather, let me show you a verse first. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. John says this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there is no longer any sea. What does John tell us there? He sees a new heaven and the old heaven has passed away. Okay? So if there's a new heaven and another heaven that has passed away, it tells us there's a little bit of a difference in the heavens, right? Because there's an old one and a new one. You got that? New heaven, old heaven. So what does he mean by that? Well, when you and I think of heaven, we think of the new heaven. When I ask you to go, if those loved ones of yours that have died in, in Christ, are they in heaven? And you go, yes, you're thinking of the new heaven. You're thinking of in Revelation chapter 21 and chapter 22. You're thinking of the heaven that is to come with the streets of gold and all that great stuff that we read in the Bible. That's not here yet. Follow the timeline of what we've seen so far. We've seen the rapture of the church. We've seen the tribulation period. We've seen Jesus' second coming and the battle of Armageddon. We've seen the judgment to life. We've seen the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ. And we saw the judgment to contempt. All those things have happened, and now John goes, after all those things have happened, John goes, now I see a new heaven coming down. Well, let me ask you this. Has the rapture happened yet? Nope. Tribulation period happened yet? Nope. The second coming of Jesus happened yet? Nope. Has the battle of Armageddon happened yet? Nope. Has the judgment to life happened yet? Nope. Has the millennial kingdom of Christ happened yet? Nope. Has the judgment to contempt happened yet? Nope. Has a new heaven come yet? No. So if I were to die today, for those, anybody who has died in Christ, they're not going to the new heaven that is talked about in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. They're going to what John references here as the the old heaven. Some Bible scholars like to use this phrase. I'm not a huge fan of it mainly because I can't pronounce it all the time. But it's the intermediate state. you go, what is the intermediate state, Pastor? Well, it's simply this. It's heaven but not the new heaven. You're with Jesus. And you're happy. And you're joyful and things are absolutely wonderful and fantastic it's an amazing place to be but it's not the new heaven yet it's not the streets of gold yet right and but everything is fantastic it's kinda of like a layover have you ever gone on, a, on a, a plane I haven't so I have no idea But when you fly somewhere right you you stop somewhere for a layover when Amy went to Africa she had a 24 hour layover in London Right? Was London her final destination? No, Africa was. She just had a layover. Heaven, the new heaven, Revelation 21 and 22, is the final destination. But this intermediate state, it's like a layover. Where we're just hanging out with Jesus in this perfect place, this heaven-like state, but it's not the new eternal heaven yet. And that's why I said the Bible refers to five heavens. And I use that just to get your minds thinking. You have the sky with the urge and the, uh, the, the birds. You have outer space. You have the place where God dwells. You have this intermediate state where those who die today in Christ, yes, they're with Jesus, joyful, happy, pleasant. Everything's good. Everything wonderful. It's just not the eternal state yet. It's not the eternal heaven. That's yet to come. And that would be Numbers 4 and 5. And I know some of you are going to ask me questions later on about it. Fine, go ahead. This is all one message. So this is like drinking from a fire hose this morning, okay? Congratulations. Thanks for coming. All right? So that's what heaven is. That's what heaven is. It's a physical place where God dwells. And those who are in Christ will be with him. And so the question then becomes... What will heaven be like? Because that's what we all want to know. What is heaven going to be like? I'm going to touch on a couple things in one message. Back to verse 1. And I don't have it all up on the screen because I would still be typing out slides and I didn't want to do that. Back to verse 1. We read, the first heaven and earth passed away. And so we're told here, and Jesus even says this in the Gospels, that the heaven and the earth will pass away. So, listen, we are told that the earth is going to pass away. Some of you are afraid that the world is going to blow up because some guy's going to press a button. You're afraid that, I don't know, pick one. I grew up, it was acid rain and the, the ozone layer being, you know, having a huge hole in it. Now it's global warming and the ice age coming, and who knows what is next. We all think the earth is going to end by one of these things. Ready? Right? It's not. It's not. But the earth is going to pass away. And God is going to bring a new earth. And it is on that earth that heaven will be found. That the eternal heaven will be on earth. But there's a really big argument in that phrase that the earth is going to pass away. You want to know what the argument is? It's this. Some people think that God is just going to blow up the earth. Okay, That after the millennial kingdom... That it's all gone. You see that in chapter 20 where the judgment for contempt happens and we read that the heavens and the earth just fled from the presence of God. And a lot of people think at that point God's going to go boom. right? And all is gone, And God is going to recreate the earth literally from the ground up. That everything is going to be brand new from the core of the earth outward. Some people think that. Others think that God is just going to take this earth and restore it. Some of you have restored things. You didn't completely destroy the item. You just restored it. And so some people think that God is going to totally blow up the earth and start from nothing again. Some people think God is going to restore the earth. Right? So what is it? Well, I don't have time to tell you, so you can dig into that later on. If you want to ask me questions, you can. All right? You can dig on in it. But what I want you to see is this. John goes, there's a new heaven and a new earth. That word new... It means fresh. It means different. It means better. The earth that you know of now is going to be fresh and different and better. The new earth is gonna be completely different. Now some scholars, and I would agree with them, believe that some aspects of the new earth are going to remain the same. That you could look at and go, For example's sake, I'm not going to say this happens, but for example's sake, oh, the Grand Canyon, I remember that from the other earth, right? That there might be some type of continuity between the two. I don't know. I haven't been to heaven yet, okay? But the earth is going to be completely different, right? And we know that because of what John says next. Where are my beach people at? Okay, some of you are beach people. All right, Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, where the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there is no longer any sea. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Right? Why no sea? Because sand is horrible. That's why. Right? Uh, I don't have a problem with the ocean and looking at the water. I like looking at the water and hearing the ocean. It's the 14 miles of sand you have to walk through to get to the ocean. Right? That is the problem. And we go, the bo- what, the, no, no sea. No sea in heaven? The new earth is going to be so different. Three quarters of our present earth is made up of water. Did you know that? You're about 60% of, of water. So if God goes, there's a new earth coming, guess what? Something has to be different with the water because three quarters of the earth is, is water. Something has to be completely different. And so there's a very good chance that there's not going to be any oceans on the new heaven. you go, like, oh, really? But some of you, my beach people go, well, Pastor, you said there's a chance that there's not going to be any oceans. What, what do you mean there's a chance? There, I'll give you the other school of thought on this. Sometimes the word sea is used in the Bible to speak of, especially in the Jewish context, separation or chaos. And that what John is saying here when he says there's no sea, what he's actually saying is there's no separation between the people. There's not a chaos that is taking place within people or on this planet. And so I give that to all my beach people to give you a little glimmer of hope that there might be a beach that you could sit on in heaven. I don't know, but we'll find out. But the earth is going to be completely, completely different. Which is it? You'll have to wait on and find out. But what else is different? Well, Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, a lot of you know this verse. He, that is God, will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And so right off the bat, we read this. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. How many of you have ever heard the saying, there will be no tears in heaven? Here's my question for you. How does God wipe the tear from your face if there's no tears? Some of you are like, oh man, I hate when he does that stuff. I think there's tears in heaven. I could be wrong on this, but I think there's tears in heaven. Do I think there's tears of pain and sorrow and mourning and grief? Nope, not at all. How many of you have laughed so hard that you've cried? I think there's going to be those types of tears. That we're laughing so much, or that we have, we're we so joyful that a tear rolled down our face. I'm okay with those tears in heaven, right? I love laughing so hard my jaw hurts and I have tears running down my face. It doesn't happen enough, but those are good things. But when it comes from pain and, and hurt and crying and, and mourning, there's not going to be any tears like that. And then John continues, he goes on, he goes, There will be no more death. Well, that's fantastic. All my beach people are going, why do I lose the beach? I lose barbecue in heaven. All right? You lose the beach, I lose barbecue because there's nothing to kill and cook over wood. Okay? There's no death in heaven of any kind. Nobody, nothing dies. And that's just a fantastic thing. We don't have to worry about that. There's not going to be crying. There's not going to be any pain. Some of you woke up this morning in a lot of pain. My knee hurts me right now. Actually, both my knees hurt me right now because I can't walk around, right? And so we have pain. Heaven's going to be a real place. You're going to have a real body, and you're not going to have any pain. How wonderful is that? No more pain. And you always think of physical pain on that. Mental pain, emotional pain. God. All of it. God. And then John goes, the old order of things has passed away. I'm not sure what exactly that means, but if God wants to bring a new order of things, I'm okay with that because it's going to be better. It's going to be different. And then we come to the new city, the new Jerusalem. I don't have time to read verses 9 to 17, but I'm going to tell you what it is. This is the new Jerusalem. It is a city that God has been and is working on for a long time. So the new earth is here. It's heaven on earth. And then what? God goes, I want a capital city, to use that language. And so in verses 9 to 17, John goes, I saw this city coming down out of heaven. And he goes, it was absolutely amazing. And this city seems to be where you and I are going to live, right? Those of you that like the country, there's a good chance you're going to live in the city in heaven you go, well, how can everybody live in one city? Because you think about it, every person who has ever believed in Jesus Christ living in one city, it's possible. Well, how is it possible? Well, if you notice the size of the city down in verse 16, we are told that the city is laid out like a square. You all know what a square is, right? That, okay, good. And John tells us that this square is equal in size which means the length and the width and the height, all the same distance. You got that? And he tells us that it's 12,000 stadia. And you go, Pastor, that means absolutely nothing to me because I don't know what a stadia is. 12,000 stadia is 1,500 miles. So this city, this capital city, is 1,500 miles wide. It is 1,500 miles long. And it is 1,500 miles high. You go, how long is 1,500 miles? Pretty much from Maine to Florida is 1,500 miles. You think that's a pretty big city? Yeah. It's a huge, huge city. And it's cubed. Because John tells us it's also 1,500 miles high. Well, what do you mean by that, Pastor. Well, it seems because it's 1,500 miles high that we're going to be living up there too. Imagine the view of the new earth and the new heavens from 1,500 miles up. Kind of sounds like fun, right? It's going to be huge. We're going to live in this city and we're going to be able to leave this city John tells us later on in this chapter that the gates are always open. We're going to be able to leave the city and explore the earth. And some scholars, and I just throw this out there for food for thought, think that you're going to be able to leave this new earth and go explore things in what you and I would call outer space. The Bible doesn't speak to that, but if God wanted to allow us to do that, he could do that. And so we have this new earth with this new city that is a cube that's 1,500 miles wide, long, and high, We're going to be able to live in. There's going to be a new order of things when it comes to creation and to life. And then we come to verses 22 to 27. We read a couple things are missing from the new heaven, new earth. John tells us there will be no temple in heaven, meaning no place to go and worship the Lord. No church, if you will. I don't have to listen to the pastor preach anymore. Hallelujah, right? Don't say that, I'll make the sermon longer, right? Why why isn't there a temple? Why isn't there a church building? Because we'll literally be with God all the time. Everything we do will be worship. We'll be able to go off and just hang out with Jesus and just talk with him. We won't need to be able to, we won't have to do what we're doing now. In verses 22 to 27, we're also told that the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. Do you get that? Our son is dying. Did you know that? Our son has an end to it. It's not going to be needed in heaven. Well, how how do we have light? Simply the glory of God is our light. God's glory is the light of the city, of the universe, if you will. Verses 24 to 25 tell us that people will be coming in and out of the city and the gates will always be open. For the New Testament Jews to see something and say that the gates are always going to be open, it told them that everything was going to be safe. There wasn't going to be any worries. You didn't have to worry about anybody coming in and attacking you or stealing your stuff or anything along those lines. Some of you are old enough to remember where you could go to bed and leave your doors open and unlocked and nobody's going to walk into your house and you had no worries. Same concept. You don't have to worry about coming in. anybody coming in. We're going to be able to go in and out of the city and live and explore what God has in store for us. Chapter 22 tells us that God's throne will be in the middle of the city. And from his throne will come the river of the water of life. And there's going to be trees on each side of this river. And there's going to be no curse, meaning... There's no sin. There's nothing that has been affected by sin. Everything has been made right. It's been made pure. It's been made perfect, like it was before the curse. We're also told in chapter 22 that we will see his face, God's face. You'll see Jesus. There'll be no more night, and we'll reign with him forever and ever. So you have a new earth. Things are going to be completely different. A huge city to live in that you can go in and out of. There's not going to be a central place of worship. There's not going to be a sun or a moon. Can God create those things? Absolutely. Are we going to need them? No, because his glory is going to give us the light. There's going to be a new order to things. No death, no pain. Everything is going to be absolutely wonderful. That's what heaven is going to be like. And so we see that heaven is a real place. That we're going to end up at. And that's a very quick overview of what heaven will be like. But I know what some of you are thinking and asking. What about me? What am I going to be like? Well, let's answer it. What will life be like? Because this is where a lot of the misinformation comes from. I'm going to answer this question in three sections for you. I'm going to answer by talking about you, your body, your activities in heaven, and your relationships in heaven. And hopefully by covering those three sections, it will give you an idea of what life will be like in heaven. And once again, please remember, this is only one message. I'm just trying to give you an overview of all of it. So what will you be like? Well, you, if you're in heaven, you'll have a new body. Not many of you even smiled at that, right? I thought you'd be more excited to learn about heaven today. You're going to have a new body. What does that mean? Bob 2.0. Bob, I don't know if a good thing or bad thing, right? No, it's a good thing. Bob knows. I'm, I'm kidding. You get an upgraded body to use that language. You get a brand new body that is suited for heaven. Your body is not going to die. It's not going to decay. You're not going to have to worry about knee pain or ankle pain or back pain or hip pain or headaches or sore throats. No allergies. Yes. Right? No allergies. No migraines. Right? No physical therapy. No, like nothing. Right? You're not going to. I forgot to open the gate this morning for church. Right? Right? I'm standing here and I'm seeing the cars pull in and I'm going, why is everybody going to the second entrance? And then I go out go, did I forget to open the gate? And I open up the main door and I look down, there's John opening up the gate. I'm going, how does the pastor forget to open the main gate of the parking lot on a Sunday morning, right? You're not going to forget things, not at all. You're going to have a new body suited for heaven. But with that said, you're still going to be you. There's a very good chance you're still going to look like you do now. But remember, you get a new body. How do we know that? Well, a lot of this is based off of what Paul tells us in his writings, that our bodies will be like that of Christ. When you look at the body of Jesus after his resurrection, did he look any different than he did before his death and resurrection? No. But his body was different as a resurrected, glorified body. No wrinkles. No bad eyesight. No walking with a limp or anything like that. Your body is going to be a physical body. You're going to be able to eat and drink just like Jesus did after his resurrection. You're going to have a new body. Are you going to become an angel? Absolutely not. Please stop telling people that when you die, you become an angel. It is unbiblical. It is wrong. If God wanted you to be an angel when you died, he would have created you to be an angel from the beginning. You do not become an angel. No one becomes an angel, okay? When they die, you're still you. You'll have intellect in heaven. You're still going to have intellect. Intellect. You're still going to have emotions. They're going to be perfect emotions, but you're going to have emotions. You're going to have your senses. Smell, taste, hearing, vision. You're going to have those senses, but they're going to be ramped up a bit because of your new body. You're still going to have those things. Here's one for you. You're going to be the same gender you are now. And the reason I say that is because one of the misteachings that has happened over the decades, hundreds of years in the church, is that people have said and taught that when you go into heaven, there is no gender. When Jesus died and he rose and he was hanging out with his guys before he ascended back into heaven, was he still male? Yes. When we get to heaven, there will still be the two genders, male and female, right? You'll be a male and you'll be a gen- uh, female. The gender will still be there. And then I get, what about Age. How old am I going to be in heaven? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old you're going to be in heaven. Why? Because your bodies are going to be perfect. But I will tell you, some people believe that you'll be the age of Jesus, of when Jesus died. Scripture doesn't tell us that, but that's what some people think. Some people think that you're going to be the age where Whatever age our bodies are at the peak condition of they are on this side of heaven. I have no idea what age that is. I think I passed it, right? I don't think that's true. Some people think that you will be the age in which you die in heaven. It doesn't matter what age you're going to be in heaven because you're going to have a perfect body, right? You won't have to worry about pain, decay, anything popping out of place, or your energy levels, right? And also, it seems that you'll be able just to show up places, to teleport, if you will. Jesus appeared in locked rooms, and it seems that you and I might be able to do that. Why is that important? You Remember how high the city was? If you take our stories by our counting, it's 780,000 stories. Okay, It's a very long elevator ride. If you can't just go, I'm up at the top, okay? Right, so just pray that you can teleport, especially if you don't like elevators, all right? So that's you. That's you. Hopefully that encourages you. Hopefully that gets you excited. But here's something. What are you going to be doing in heaven with that perfect body? Well, you're not going to be playing a harp unless you want to play the harp. And all the men said, Amen. OK, I do not want to be playing a harp and everybody always thinks heaven is you sitting on a cloud playing a harp. That's not heaven. Right. Unless you want to sit there playing a harp, you're not going to play a harp. All right. Your life is going to be full and not boring in heaven. Revelation chapter 22, verse three tells us that we're going to be serving Jesus. You're going to be serving Jesus. Jesus, is going, to go, hey, James, you go do that for me. Okay, can you go do this and that? We're going to be, you're going to be serving Jesus. We're going to be working. Well, pastor, I thought you said we we're talking about heaven. We're going to be working. Get this, work came before sin in the Bible. Did you know that? You're going to be working in heaven. Now, here's the thing you have to understand about this working. It's not the sense of working, oh, man, i got to go to work today because I want to eat today, right? It's not going to be, oh, I'd rather hit my face off a wall than go to work today. It's not that type of work, all right? I know some of you in the church, you like to garden. So perhaps your work in heaven will be gardening. Some of you like to make things with your hand from wood or whatever. Maybe that's the work you're going to be doing in heaven. The work in heaven is going to be the work that you like to do, that you enjoy to do. Think about the hobby that you have now that you enjoy doing, but yet in heaven that's what you're doing. That's your work. That's what Jesus is asking you to do. Would you be able to do that, right? right? Maybe, but you're going to be working, and it's going to be completely different than it is on this side of earth. What else are you going to be doing? Well... You're going to get to play. Do you know that? Anything sinful with games? Not necessarily. Who's to say that football won't be in heaven? Or golf? Fishing won't be there because we already talked to There's no water, right? There's no sea. Maybe there is. But I'm just throwing those things out there. Who says that somebody's not going to come up with a game in heaven that was never played here on earth? And you're going to be able to do it because you're not going to be sitting back going, "Oh, my knees hurt, I can't do it." You're going to be playing. How about this? You're going to explore God's creation. Walk out of the city. I'm going to go on a hike with Moses today. Let me go over there and explore what God did over there. Let me go explore over here and explore over here. You're going to have people over for dinner and talk and laugh and enjoy each other there's going to be life there's going to be culture and get-togethers in heaven all without sin introverts will like to be around people in heaven it'll be fantastic so one last thing what about relationships we talked about your new body we've talked about what you're going to do what about relationships introverts hold on this is scary, okay? Introverts, you're going to have relationships in heaven, okay? I'm going to give you a couple of seconds to process that and come to terms with that, <clears throat> right? Everything will all be, it'll all be good, all right? You're going to have relationships. You're going to know who people are, all of them. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, Peter knew who Moses and Elijah were on the Mount of Transfiguration without Jesus telling them. And I love the way Charles Spurgeon answered this question. He had a lady come to him one day after church. And she goes, Mr. Spurgeon, will we know people in heaven? And Spurgeon answered her in the only way Spurgeon could. He goes, Madam, we will not be dumber in heaven than we are here on earth. You You will know people in heaven and you're not going to forget their names. You're going to have relationships with them. We're going to be one big happy family, if you would, in heaven. We're going to know each other. We're going to spend time with each other. We're going to get to know people. I can't wait to sit down and talk to Moses. I want to get to know Moses. We're going to be able to do that. But then we come to this question, will we be married in heaven? Yeah. You'll be married in heaven. And some of you are like, oh man, I wish that was a no. <laughs> Your marriage will be to Jesus. The church is the bride. Jesus is the groom. So to say, you'll be married in heaven, yes, you'll be married to Jesus. Well, what about my spouse that I have now, Pastor? Will I be married to them? No. Go. Jesus talks about this in Matthew. He says, there'll be no marriage and no one given in marriage in heaven. So we won't be married in heaven, not to our spouses. It doesn't seem like we are, at least. And that kind of gets us a little bit down. It gets me down. But I will tell you this. Apart from Jesus, I don't think you'll have a deeper, more meaningful relationship with anybody else in heaven than the spouse that you had on this earth. I think your deepest relationships outside of Jesus in heaven will be with your spouse and your children if they're there that you'll have a relationship with them that is unmatched I can't think of not spending time with Amy in heaven I know I will I know we'll have a deep relationship in heaven will we be married Do you look at marriage from our viewpoint here I don't think so but I think that deep meaningful relationship will still be there with the spouse, and with your kids. And then there's other, one other relationship you're going to have. You're going to have a relationship with Jesus. You'll get to spend time with Jesus like you've never spent time with him before. Even among all those people, Jesus is going to have time for you. Because you want to know why? Time doesn't matter in heaven. It's eternity. It's eternity. You're going to be able to hang out with Jesus and hug him. Walk with him. Talk with him. Maybe play football with him. I don't know. My point is, you're going to have a perfect, intimate relationship with Jesus. And it's going to be for all eternity. That is a very quick and short overview of heaven. But there's one thing that I did not mention to you about heaven yet. And it's this huge misunderstanding. Not everyone goes to heaven. Revelation chapter 21, verse 7. John says, "He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son." But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars— their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. What is that second death? We talked about it the other week ago. The lake of burning sulfur is hell. And Jesus goes, these people will not be there. And he lists a couple sins so that the people of the day can identify people. The point is this, that anybody who rejects Jesus as Lord God, Savior, and King does not end up in heaven. We hate that. We ignore that. But it is the truth, and I have to tell you this. That anybody who does not make a decision to turn to Jesus, to repent of their sins, confess their sins, put their faith and their trust in Jesus as Lord God, Savior, and King, will not be in heaven. Jesus says they won't be here. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, this is a great nightmare. Where Jesus will look at the people and go, I never knew you, away from me. The person has to turn to Jesus by faith and repent of their sins so that they could be in heaven. And if they never do that, they're not in heaven. So here's my question Will you be in heaven? Don't care how long you've been in the church. Don't care if you have all sixty six books of the Bible memorized. Don't care how much money you gave or the good that you do. Have you turned to Jesus? Have you repented of your sin and confessed your sin? Have you put your faith and your trust in Jesus and asked him to forgive you of your sins and yielded your life over to him? Because if you haven't done that, you're not going to be in heaven unless you do that. I can't make that decision for you. All I can do is tell you the truth about it. If you haven't done that, stop waiting. You need to turn to Christ today. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this series that we've had. Thank you for enabling us and allowing us to look at what comes next. Father, it all... We need to have a right relationship with you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I pray that if anyone that hears these words, your words, does not have a right relationship with you, that you would draw them to salvation through faith in Christ alone. That you would work in them and bring them to you, Lord God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.